0: this is the human centric investing podcast with John Deal where we look at the world of investing through the eyes of our clients over to you John Hello financial professionals and welcome to episode 53 of the human centric investing podcast I'm John Deal senior vice president of the applied insights team at Hartford Funds Today we're back with part 2 of our conversation about leadership with performance coach Dr Kevin Elko Kevin, I have a question. You mentioned the word team in there. And a lot of advisors and financial professionals that I'm talking to are kind of thinking about the structure of their team. And I know you talk about kind of getting the right people in the right seats. Can you tell us a little bit more about what you're thinking about as teams come back together uh, now that things have been shaken up a bit? um, How how should a financial professional approach this, say, like a winning college coach would?
1: There, There's something in sports, John, called hero ball. And it's when I first heard somebody, an announcer, talk about it. And it was in an, a big NBA finals game. And he talked about a player and he said, that player's playing hero ball. And what he meant was, he has four other people on the court, but he wants to do it himself. And as a result, this is halftime. He said, that team's going to lose. They did. He's right. There's something in us that wants to play hero ball. And it's not, is it ego? Yes, but not all. Sometimes we think, I want everybody to win, and I think, I can do this. I've got the comps to do it. The elite, exceptional, financial professional today answers challenges, addresses challenges, all the challenges for their clients. But they bring them back to their team because they know they can't do all of those. And really, in this environment today, John, as a financial professional, you have to connect with both spouses, both partners, and if you're smart, the kids – so, you've got a wide range of personalities with a wide range of needs. And so, one of the things that you have to do is bring your people in and realize that I can't play hero ball, I can't answer all the questions, but I need to be able to take something to my long snapper, my punter, you know, my third down back. No NFL team anymore tries to do everything. And in one of these white papers we're writing, I actually, the first NFL team I worked with, the head coach did not believe that we should have somebody just to do long snapping. It was just, John, he just got caught up with it. And this guy had a long, successful career. But it ended his career because his last year, we couldn't get the ball back to the punter. And he stood on it. He wouldn't come off of it. It's what we said earlier, familiar. I was in the NFL for years. I coached and played. I don't know why we, we... we have to have somebody do it. Well, I don't know why either, coach, but these days and now every single team has somebody making a million dollars a year. Just throw the ball back between our legs. That's all that person does. And our field, this field, your field is the same way. You've got to get away from hero ball. First thing, you realize I need all these different skills so I can answer and be full service to the people. They're calling me, hey, I've got a, I've got Talk to you about. I need banking. I need to talk to you about. You know, I've gone through some challenges with my family. I need to put money aside to, to go ahead and address things. You know, with my loans, with college. There's all kinds of things needed these. You know, these days. So that's the first thing. I don't think you need to go through any elaborate assessment to figure out where people fit on the bus. Connect with them. Watch them, and just hey, John, just ask them. Where do you see us headed? Do you understand where we're headed, our vision? Yeah, yeah, I, I do get it. If not, let's connect. And we teach connection, not just with the outside people, connect inside and ask this question. You know, what do you think your gift is? What do you think you can do? What, what Where do you think your talent lies? How do you think you can help us? What would make this job meaning for you? Meaning for you? And I know there's all kind of assessment tools. Do simple better. Just ask them. And then get them on the seats in the bus that fits them. And I thought Nick Saban was the first one that said it, but I think Jim Collins was the first one to said it, that we've got to get everybody in the right seats because we can get people doing the wrong job. And they're miserable. They're ineffective. They're going to pull morale down. But everybody has a gift, and we can figure that out. But when you do it, realize we need a wide range of people. So what's my point? If I am John Deal and I need a staff, don't get five other John deals. You're wonderful, but we don't need two or three of you, John. <laughs> you know,
0: my, my wife tells me <laughs> the same thing. <laughs> well, yeah, you, know,
1: you know. So I, I think what we've got to do is say, "Look, let's." There's something in us, let's, you know, evolutionary. They call it what Neotribism or something. I don't know what the fancy phrase is, but there's something that naturally wants us to hire all ourselves, pick up all ourselves. Get somebody that's drastically different from them and honor the difference. Not only do you honor it because it's a humanitarian thing to do, it's a productive thing to do. You'll win when you have diversity there and get them in the right seats. But watch them, ask them, and here's another part, pause of prophecy. Tell people. Tell them. As a leader, tell people. Man, you're really gifted. You've got something there. And then find a way to use it. But no, you've got to give them the right seats, understand we need differences, we need everybody, and bring them on and let them specialize in their area.
0: Kevin, when you talk about adapting and adopting, it seems to me that in the leader, there also needs to be a lot of humility in order to admit that I may not know everything there is to know. And maybe I could learn things, believe it or not, from some of the people on my team. Is that when you see successful leaders in in sports, for example, is that a common trait?
1: Absolutely. Um, First of all, I have a team around me and I need I get frustrated so much with technology. All the people I've got around me is young because that's where I need my help. (laughs) And they're all drastically different than me. And I've got somebody does my Twitter. I have somebody who does my podcast. I have somebody who does my and I wouldn't know how to do it. They're they're much younger to me, so you have got to get people different. In Alabama, Nick Nick knows he's smart enough to know Nick Saban is smart enough to know he's not very smart on offense. So, on defense, he knows what's going on. He's been a defensive guy, so he brings guys in. And when he was starting to have trouble because of up tempo offenses, he said, "I'm having what I'm." What he said to me is, "The people that I'm playing against that are." A challenge to make it hard for me. You, you, humility, humble. I, they're in some ways they're beating me. I'm going to go bring somebody on my staff that does that, because I'd like to have somebody that could do that for me. That's doing it against me. <laughs> and so I think that what he's done, if you watch Coach, like he's bought guys like I don't know offense. So I'm going to get people that could do it. Then he even hired somebody, Joe Pendry. To explain to him, who's a retired coach, an older gentleman, to explain to him offense. Not only did he hire offensive coaches to do it, he didn't try to do everything, he hired some guy to explain to him what the guy's doing. You're talking about humility. It's like, hey, I'm going to take a math class, I'm going to get a tutor, and I'm going to get a tutor for the tutor to tell me what the tutor just said to me. And so I think that you have to understand humility. Don't play hero ball. I can't do everything, and get people around you who really can explain and do that part of it. But in the end, in the end, John, why do you even need to know it?
0: There's some place like okay, you go figure that out, and I'll do my part. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, Kevin, in the closing minutes here that we have together, I just uh, I'd like your thoughts uh, on opportunity. Right. So. As we went through this, we see the world around us you' even mentioned technologies all around us now. Sometimes financial professionals are you know they they get bogged down in kind of thinking about you know the role of technology and decreasing margins and so on and so forth. But every time I hear you speak you 've got a different read on the opportunity for financial professionals. Tell us a little bit about how you see the future for them because I know you spend a lot of your time working. Uh, in the financial services business, and you get to speak to advisors all across the country, all in different phases of their career. But what would you say in terms of opportunity? I, um, they had a golf outing
1: here where I live. I'm from West Virginia. I'm not as fancy as they are here. I say all the time, I'm going to put a used washing machine on my front porch just to represent where I am. But I, you know, I'm up here at a golf outing, and I don't golf, but I'm sitting with these guys afterwards. And they point, and they, then they get their finger down. And they go, those guys over there are billionaires. So I walk over to these guys. I'm Nebby. And I go, you guys um, are doing well. And they didn't know each other. we all from a different country. And they go, um, we didn't come here with a penny in our pocket. We came to the United States because we knew there was opportunity. And it what well, they were right. He said the people told us it's right, and we're now multi for, for billionaires. And I was watching. I heard a guy speak one time. He was. He said I, I came from Pakistan. I was washing dishes. I was washing dishes. I would have enough money to even eat. I was washing dishes to feed my family. And there was a game on. He said, what is that? He said, that's the NFL. He goes, I'm going I'm to own one of those teams one day. And they, they laughed him out of the kitchen. Today he owns the Jaguars. I tell people all the time, come like a, like a legal immigrant. I don't think there's all kind of opportunity. I just don't think it's low-hanging fruit. I think we got to go climb the tree. So here comes what I believe, I think leadership is identity. And let me tell you what I think it is. This is what we've been just pounding at Alabama. There's two kinds of performers in the financial industry. First is the greyhound. It chases the rabbit because it's hungry. Won't chase that rabbit if it's not hungry. So at the racetrack, they get the greyhound hungry to chase the rabbit. The other one's the lion. Lion can eat Monday, lion can eat Tuesday. You walk in front of the lion Wednesday, it'll tear you up. The lion, it's its DNA. You do something every day, it gets in you. It's who you are. Opportunity, don't be the greyhound, be the lion. Every day go hunt and go claim it. And the lion's not the tallest, the lion's not the biggest, the lion's not the strongest, the lion isn't the smartest. It's about attitude. It's all attitude. It's I believe there's good. I walk in like there's good. I present. I ask for business. It's all attitude. I think there's more and there will be more and people win. But don't go like the greyhound. If I'm hungry, I run. If I don't, I don't. It's all good. I live off my book. Go like the lion. It's attitude and go after it every day. And you'll eat. The difference is the lion brings the food back to the pride so everybody can eat. Every time a financial advisor goes out, a financial professional, they bring the food back for everybody else. That's what we do. It's called lion leadership. And go out, it's still there. Don't you dare tell yourself it's not because we believe what we tell ourselves.
0: Absolutely. Well, Dr. Kevin Elko, always a pleasure. As I said at the outset, every time we speak, I get a couple of ideas. I leave the conversation feeling uplifted. Uh, Kevin, I have no doubt that advisors are going to listen to this podcast. We just recorded two and three times just to pick up some of your ideas and phrases. And for that, we can't thank you enough.
1: Well, thanks for having me. Um, I watch your work. I, I It's incredible. I love doing it. I love going out and work with the uh, with the Hartford. You guys are the best to work with. I'm just glad you guys still have me around. And uh, are still using me. So, hey, everybody, let's go out there and have the best year in the history of years and roll tide, baby.
0: Thanks, Kevin. I'm going to take you up on that. (laughs) Continuing (laughs) to work together, have you back for a future podcast. I'd love to. Thanks, buddy. And for all of the financial professionals that are listening, thanks for taking the time. And we look to, to meet you again on the Human-Centric Investing Podcast. Thanks very much. This podcast is intended for use by financial professionals or in conjunction with the advice of a financial professional. It is intended to be educational in nature and should not be construed as individual investment advice or a recommendation or a solicitation to buy, sell, or hold any security or to adopt any investment strategy. It does not constitute legal or tax advice or fiduciary advice pursuant to ERISA rules. The views and opinions expressed herein are those of our featured guest who is not affiliated with Hartford Funds.